Speechifying to beat the band, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A nitpicking podcast if there ever was one. As a child, he tried to build a snowman out of rain. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, as you probably already knew. And if you listen to my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, you also know that my name is Doug Jones, and I'm your Medicare expert for today. I want people to feel good about the approach of Medicare. I want them to feel confident that they can make the correct decisions that will give them Medicare happiness and bliss all the rest of their days. And for that purpose, I wrote a book called Medicare for the Lazy Man. The 2022 edition is out. It's got green numbers on the cover, and it shows a lazy guy. Some people accuse me of being the model for that uh, logo, but there's a lazy guy sleeping in a chair, and he is indicative of what kind of relaxation you're going to enjoy after a short period of learning about Medicare. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, and I understand that. I completely agree, but it's not painful. It's not going to really cause you a lot of angst and unhappiness. If you buy my book, uh, you're going to be able to spend an hour and a half or thereabouts absorbing a little bit of Medicare knowledge and a couple of yucks, and eventually you will draw the conclusion that Medicare is doable. Medicare is not one of these things where you're going to need to hire an expensive uh, fee-based consultant to help you uh, decide what to do about Medicare. In fact, I will be your consultant for free. Because the insurance companies that I sell products for pay me a pittance. They'll If uh, you become my client and you and I agree on what the best product for you is to uh, supplement Medicare, and we then go ahead and do the paperwork and I send it to the insurance company, they're going to send me a pittance every month. If I have a bunch of clients with that company, they're going to send me uh, you know like a, enough for a, a six-pack of beer every month and you will have gotten the best uh, free advice in the world because medicare is one of these things that can be complicated can be scary but uh, doesn't have to be and i think i've found the solution to people's uh quandary when they approach medicare reading my book will uh pretty much guarantee that you have become as much of a medicare expert as you will ever need to be And so I strongly encourage that. Go to Amazon.com and look for Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022. And you're going to find four different types of books there. You're going to find a hardcover. You're going to find a paperback. You're going to find a Kindle or electronic book. You're going to find an audible book uh, wherein somebody with a mellifluous voice will read the book to you. How's that sound? Anyway, that's what I suggest that you do if you're approaching Medicare and you're really flummoxed about it. So what we do 
then is we uh, engage in some small talk, and then we also do a little bit of Medicare talking. So the balance is uh, something that eludes us, but we are always striving to strike that balance. And when I say we, I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about my friend and podcast engineer, Randy Carson. Hello, Randy. How are, hey, how are things today? You know, something popped into my head while you were doing the intro there. Sounds like that would have hurt. (laughs) Well, that it usually does. But then I forget about it. Mm. But the thing that popped into my head was that we haven't talked about some of the fine establishments in Cave Creek that we used to spend a lot of time in. And we're coming into the holiday season. We may be spending a little more time there. One would have been Harold's. Sure, absolutely. And then the other one would have been which? It would have been which one? Uh, well, the Buffalo Chip, of course. The Buffalo Chip and Harold's. Yeah, absolutely. So I, the reason it popped into my head is that you had mentioned that if you uh, you get your commission check once a month and it comes in like in a – is that the one that comes in in a bucket or does it, it come in an 18-wheeler? No, no. It, it shows up and it's got footprints all over it because it's fallen on the floor <laughs> of the post office. And often it's dated three or four months in the past. And sometimes I have to tell the company to reissue it because it's uh, you know out out of date. <laughs> so well, it's other, never, the thing never was, treated yeah. with the respect that I would oh, like. Oh, it doesn't sound like The thing I was going to mention was that next time we go up to the Buffalo Chip to have a beer. Mm-hmm. Would you please take your nickels out of that little white bag you bring them in? Does that embarrass you when I pull out the little white bag? Yes, I, okay. I want to be. I want people to know that I I hang around with people that are very, 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 very successful. Well, I'm going to have no trouble taking your advice to do that because the price of beer is going up, and there I can't fit enough nickels into that bag to actually pay for the <laughs> beer. So. I'll I'll be uh I'll be bringing my money clip with the uh you know the greenbacks in it and hopefully Good. that'll that'll hold us. So you're gonna but, bring the folding money this time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My wham, my walking around money. You're walking around money now. Do you have a money clip or you just stuff it all in your billfold? You know, I used to have a billfold and it got more and more garbage in it, and it finally burst at the seams. Then I got another one that didn't even last that long. So I got a money clip. I asked a friend of mine and. He said, here's the one I used. I went out and bought it. And now I don't even carry the stuff around that I used to think I needed to have in my billfold. And it's fantastic. Well, my bill, I think I got the same problem. I keep stuffing credit cards and identity cards and social security cards and Medicare cards. And, you know, I got a billfold about, oh, I don't know, maybe an inch and a half thick. And when I stick it in my pocket, my my back pocket in my Levi's just blows out. Well, the same thing was happening with me, and that's why I said, okay, I've got to cut down on this stuff. And I did it two ways. Getting the money clip forced me to do that. I've got uh, a money clip that has a, a sliding a thing you can slide business cards into and ID cards like Medicare and your insurance yeah. card. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But what I did for the insurance cards is I photocopied them. So I've got an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. When I have to go to a doctor's appointment and they always ask, do you have any changes in your insurance plan? And and uh, can I see your cards? And can I see your ID? They always want to see a, um, a picture ID if they haven't seen me before. And so what I have is my driver's license front and back, my uh, Medicare card, 
but I don't have the back of that because nobody needs that. Uh, I Instead of that, I have my business card uh, for Medicare for the lazy man. And then I have the front and back of my Medicare supplement card. And I have the front and back of my Medicare uh, drug plan card. So I've got uh, two rows of four cards each on this uh, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And all I do is take that when I'm going to see a doctor, if they ask me for anything on that sheet, I just hand them the whole thing. And then they say, do you want it back? And I say, no, but I'll autograph it for you if you give me 10 bucks. And they, uh, I'm waiting for my first uh, person to go along with that 10 bucks. <laughs> but the whole thing is, I gave one to Mary and she just, you know, she can't get her mind around the idea that she doesn't need to use those cards. But I don't carry any of those cards around with me anymore. I just have a sheet of paper that's, you know, relatively handy if I need it. Makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I get it. I don't know why anybody would want to carry them around if they don't have to, but that's a great idea. I I need to, uh, you know, when we're off air, I need you to hook me up with what you're carrying with uh, this slidey thing with the credit cards and the clippy thing and all that I'll stuff. I'll be happy to I, do that. I've seen several of them, and I don't want to get ripped off. I'll be happy to do that, and that thing grabs onto your money. You're never going to be uh, in fear of losing your money. Uh, because it's really tension, and he's got a lot of tension to it. So it's good. Uh, good. Well, you know something. Given the fact that I nominally act as the production manager, okay, here, <laughs> the the uh, time police, we, time cop. Yeah, wasn't that a, I, I wasn't the, that a movie? I am the time cop. I'm the time cop. Yeah. So I need to encourage both of us to move on into the Medicare content for today. Let us and do if that. Any, if we have any time left, then I'll bring up some good stuff for you well, to answer questions on later. All right. I'll tell you what, I will uh, look forward to that. Let me talk real fast so that we can get to the good stuff sooner. Um, first of all, I was reminded by one of my clients that there is still some confusion out there in the book. Maybe it's chapter five, maybe it's chapter seven. I don't remember which in my book, Medicare for the lazy man, 2022, there is reference to some outside unrelated sources of information. If you want to check anything that I suggest, or if you want to uh, ask questions of um, uh, people that are in the business of offering Medicare advice, but aren't in the business of selling insurance, then I have uh, contact information for some of those sources. One of those sources is uh, SHIP. It's, um, oh boy, uh, something insurance. Uh, I it's SHIP. Every state has a chapter of this ship, and it's for people who are confused about Medicare. But what I uh, do is I list these places so that readers of the book can double check at uh, these other sources, theoretically unbiased sources. But one piece of misinformation that they constantly put out there that's very frustrating to me is Medicare supplement insurance carriers. And Medicare supplement carriers have a couple of different ways they can calculate the rates. And uh, one of the ra uh, ways they do that is the uh, age at issue uh, premium. So let's suppose that you're 65 when you get a your Medicare supplement plan. They say that uh, if your best bet is to get a plan that's calculated by age at issue. <clears throat> so if it costs you, let's say, $75 when you're 65, 
the theory is that that age at issue product will always cost you 75 and will never be any more or any less than $75. And that's just not true, but that's the fallacy that these people are promulgating. And the other method that uh, most insurance carriers use is a an increasing rate based on your attained age. And that means if you buy a plan when you're age 65 and then your age advances, then the premium advances in small increments, but it does advance in a measured way. So that is poo-pooed and frowned upon by these people at this uh, ship and probably a lot of other advisors. And I don't know why they keep telling people this. It's really a fallacy, but I believe it's because they don't have much else to talk about. Uh, other than than uh, flogging uh, Medicare Advantage plans, which Randy and I do not advise people to uh, even consider. But if you're going to buy a Medicare supplement, there is no difference really between a uh, an age at issue and an attained age uh, type of uh, premium calculation. And the reason for that is each of these methodologies also has something that they don't tell you about, but they have the legal right to raise their rates due to Medicare or medical inflation, due to the increasing cost of paying medical bills. I mean, if it costs $1,000 a day to be in the hospital this year, it might cost $1,100 a day next year, and it might cost $1,200 a day the following year. Well, these Medicare supplement plans often have to increase their rates based on their losses or their claims experience in paying the bills for their clients. So you've got really two ways that each policy is calculated. One is the age at issue or the attained age, whichever. The other is the Medicare inflation or what we call in the experience, in the business, their experience. If they've had a high loss experience, then they're going to have to raise the rates more. But the point is these companies always have to maintain a profitable, uh, cash flow. They're going to have to maintain a positive cash flow to uh, remain profitable, to stay in business, to keep covering the medical bills for their clients. And so I'm telling you right now, don't pay any attention to people who say that attained age is the only way to go because it's cheaper over the long haul. That is not true. A company that uses attained age or a Medicare supplement <clears throat> will raise the rates anyway. They'll have to raise the rates to stay profitable, but they'll just call it a medical uh, inflation increase rather than your advancing age causing the increase. Uh, now that I've said that, I'm sure I'm going to have to answer that question another 50 times every year. Uh, it gets a little irritating, but um, here are some items from a newsletter that I get. It's the Kaiser Health News, and I get it every morning or pretty much every morning, and I've noticed them start to get a little uh, out in the weeds. They're they're um, not as solidly in the middle as I used to think they would be, but this headline says, Physicians Prep, they prepare, a massive lobby to again fend off a Medicare payment cut. So what we're saying here is that Medicare is struggling to not go broke. And one of the ways they can uh, save their their hides, so to speak, is to pay physicians less money. 
Medicare is scheduled to cut physician payments by 4.5% in 2023. In previous years, lobbying efforts have averted such reductions required by previous laws. Now, doctors plan to fight hard for Congress to pass short and long-term fixes. Oh, Randy's uh, <laughs> Randy's adjusting his screen, but it looked to me like he was uh, his eyeballs were about to explode. Anyway, here's the deal. If the doctors are not getting enough money to make it worthwhile for them to practice their art, the medical, medical arts as they like to refer to themselves, um, they're not going to do that. Now, what are we going to do in a world without doctors? Or what are we going to do in a world with only the most marginal of doctors, uh, who the guys who have just barely, they were like Joe Biden. They were in the very bottom of their class, uh, barely, uh, barely got out with a degree and uh, have been penalized for cheating uh, on occasion. We don't want a world with uh, full of doctors like that. We want a world full of doctors that are highly motivated, happy in their work, and that are being compensated generously. So therefore, cutting physicians' payments is not the way to keep Medicare solvent and to keep our, uh, our great medical establishment uh, working as it does to discover new procedures and to fix sick people. So <clears throat> I am one who says, let's pay the doctors in such a way that they are happy to see us. Uh, anyway, the, in this same article by the Kaiser Health News, uh, let's see, there is also reference to um, Senate Dems urge action on false Medicare marketing. The Biden administration needs to crack down on deceptive Medicare Advantage marketing. Democratic staff for the Senate Finance Committee wrote in a report released on Thursday. So I think the uh, uh, Randy, these are not our political friends or allies, but yet they are on our side when it comes to this battle against the evil that is Medicare Advantage. I, I would I would go further to say now this is. Just me talking, I do not play a doctor, nor do I play an insurance guy, nor do I play either one of those professions on television. But isn't all Medicare Advantage marketing deceptive? Well, it is part C. And what does that C stand for? Oh, oh we- let me guess. Let me guess. One one of our fine followers told us the other day that it stands for crap. That's right. And he, he, what, the person he said that to was a young lady who was uh, hired to make a presentation and so he very politely asked, uh, is, isn't Medicare Advantage called Part C of Medicare? And she said, well, yes, it is. And and he said, do you know what it stands for? And she said, no, no I don't. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love the guy. That was Steve. That, that was Steve. Steve. He's, he's a friend of the podcast. I love Steve. He has come up way on my ladder of my favorite people. He's an outspoken guy. Here's another little item from the same collection of news stories. The New York Times reports private Medicare plans misled consumers into signing up. Companies selling private Medicare plans. Now, they say private. I don't have any objection to private enterprise. I don't have any objection to for-profit activities. However, uh, companies selling private Medicare plans to older adults have posed as the Internal Revenue Service and other government agencies. They have misled customers about the size of their networks 
Now, that means their Medicare Advantage plans, if they have networks, Medicare supplement plans never have networks. So they've misled customers about the size of their networks and preyed on vulnerable people with dementia and cognitive impairment, according to a new investigation of deceptive marketing practices the industry released on Thursday by the Senate Finance Committee. Many individuals say that they were enrolled in plans without realizing it. Well, that's going to be your Medicare Advantage plans, as Randy and I have been talking about. Doug, for- I, I've got to tell you, Doug, I am shocked that anybody would fall to the depths that a Medicare Advantage salesman would fall to convince some older Americans that they are with the IRS and if you don't sign up for their plan, they're—I don't know what they're going to do to you, but uh, that is just freaking wrong. Well, when these Democrats say that they don't want private insurance companies to uh, uh, make a profit on the backs of older people that are senile, um, frankly, I am on the other side of the coin on everything but that. Uh, when I see these Medicare Advantage plans victimizing people, I'm solidly with our more liberal uh, allies in the uh, war against Medicare Advantage plans. Okay, I have put away my notes, Randy, because you said you had some exciting and entertaining questions to stump the insurance guy. Oh, gosh. You know, I may have accidentally deleted those notes. I'm not oh, sure boy. what they were. All right, here come my my uh, stack of things to talk about here. Um, oh, speaking of Steve, here's another correspondence I had with Steve. Um, Steve was on a Medicare. He was on Medicare.gov. I know he's had trouble with his doctors. He's got a couple of doctors, and these guys must be great doctors because they pretty much write their own tickets. And for a long time, Steve has been frustrated because they charge the extra fifteen percent, and they don't. Um, I don't think they're uh, Medicare. Uh, uh, you know, they're not aligned. They're, I forget the terminology. They're they're not. Um, participating in Medicare, uh, which means they're limited to charging only what Medicare allows them to charge. But Steve said to me, I was on Medicare.gov and I got somebody on chat and I mentioned that some, now that's just a miracle right there. Frankly, I got to believe that he, he was on Medicare.gov and he, he engaged somebody in an actual chat. Is he actually certain it was somebody from Medicare.gov? I, I believe he wants to believe so badly that he does <laughs> its reality for Steve. So anyway, he had somebody in chat and, and, uh, he mentioned that some of the information they had about doctors was incorrect because he'd been telling me he's researched some doctors. Then when he goes to those doctors, none of what he's seen on Medicare.gov in the doctor search and doctor information category is correct. So that's when I searched on them and said they had changed location or were no longer in business. And why didn't Medicare.gov correct the misinformation on the doctors? And here's the response he got from the person that was doing the chat. I am sorry to hear about that, but providers would need to update their information on Medicare.gov through the private enrollment chain and ownership system known as PECOS, private enrollment chain and ownership system. God, you got to love government uh, acronyms, don't you? So PECOS, doctors, you have to tell doctors, and it says here, you may contact your provider and have them uh, and suggest to them that they update their information. Otherwise, 
the information on Medicare.gov about doctors. They encourage you to use that site to look up information about doctors. And then they admit that if the doctor doesn't stay on top of it, and what's the doctor supposed to do? Uh, operate on people or, you know, fix them or uh, sit on his computer and, uh, you know, enroll his information in various websites. So I believe that you're not going to be well served if you look for doctor information specifics on the Medicare.gov find a doctor portal. So that's uh, just word to the wise. All right. I did. I did find out. I mean, we are coming to the end of our money today for our podcasting budget. But I did want to mention one thing that I read on the internet. Oh, I don't know, two three weeks ago, that they are opening up a new position. Or I, I guess they're just adding more availability to this position. It's called an ADE. ADE. You know an A- I have no yeah. idea what that would be. Acronym Development Expert. <laughs> Well, I know who they should contact right away. The CMS, <laughs> the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. They're missing an M. Well, Those I know people. The, the ADE that developed that, when they were telling, when he was telling the government office that that belonged to, what, what uh-huh. he said, he hiccuped in the middle of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's been that it's been that way forever. And he can't tell them and they can't stop it because you know the government, oh. once they start rolling on something, yeah. it's not it's not gonna be easy to turn a ship no. by a dime. No, it's like the <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, you know, try to turn that thing around in a cup in less than two days. Oh well, yeah, you got it. Well, you know AD, something? We are AD. we are AD, the app acronym development expert. Oh boy. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm going to go out and enjoy the rain and the cold outside and think about the uh, ADE. No, don't, don't tell me that. Well, so uh, anyway, we are out of time, and we want to thank everybody for joining us, as we always do, because, you know, you could have been a couple different places, uh, maybe 15, 20 different places, and you weren't. You were with us, sharing time with us, and we certainly appreciate on the uh, Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast I think we've covered all the other stuff with exception of we would really enjoy it and be very, very grateful if you would find some place to give us a review with five stars because it helps the algorithms. And, you know, we all live by algorithms now, right? Let's face yeah, it. That's right. But in the meantime, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma now residing in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And I usually chalk it in, I think today I'll chalk it in at about 9,500 feet. That's doable. I like that. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. 